This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to you by the Star Wars Holiday Special. Do you like Star Wars? Do you like the holidays? If you said no to either of those questions, then you may be mildly entertained by this half-assed attempt to capitalize on a property at the height of its popularity that was so reviled, George Lucas tried to erase it from existence. With a cast of legendary yet very out-of-place TV stars and a script written by cocaine, join Chewbacca's family Mala, Lumpy, and Itchy as they await Chewie's return home to celebrate Life Day, a made-up celebration like most corporate holidays. Revel in the cheap animation that introduced Boba Fett? Sit and wonder how long you can watch Wookiees without understanding their language. Watch the original Star Wars cast regret every decision they've ever made. It's all here in this timeless classic, The Star Wars Holiday Special. Available now wherever bootlegs are found. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Steven. Hello, everyone. So, we have quite a few news topics to talk about today, and we have a fun topic to discuss in our main topic, so we're going to jump right into it. You know... Starting, uh, when I started work this morning, I thought, I was like, you know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of news to talk about. And then I get home and I find out that, oh, this thing called Subariacon is going on this weekend. And <laughs> there mm-hmm. is a lot of, lot of stuff coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we've got, we're going to talk about that, but before we get into Subariacon, uh, it, was there any news that you wanted to discuss? I didn't really have any big news per se, but I did stumble upon something and the headline is what caught me off guard because there was a, a story that came about where it was a news story that focused on the design of Godzilla for Godzilla versus Kong. Apparently, this was promotional material that was found mm-hmm. on the side of a an arcade cabinet, uh, and it was supposed to showcase what Godzilla looked like in that movie. And people were like, "Well, eh, you know, he kind of looks about the same." But they neglected to mention the game it was attached to, which was a Godzilla versus Kong arcade style fighter, right. and mentioned nothing about that. And I know I've heard about it. But I was like, no, wait a second. You had this thing in front of you and you were more concerned about his art on the side of the cabinet and you didn't talk about the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about the game, but apparently someone saw it and I just was surprised as to why they didn't talk about it and were more worried about the art. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't heard anything about that. So that's interesting. Yeah. It was something that got announced. I feel like it got announced sometime earlier this year i want to say earlier this year i know we talked about it on my other podcast because games obviously but right i it the way they made it sound i was just like "Eh, that's not really what i was kind of looking forward 
to having if you were going to do one. Right. Because it sounded more like one of those old school 2D fighters like they used to do back in the old days. So it could still be fun, but we're so accustomed to having 3D models. And (laughs) after that last Godzilla game, I want that. But I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla and especially King Kong games are so few and far between. It's like, ah, just take whatever we can get (laughs) yeah so i mean whatever it may be whenever they talk about it more i haven't heard anything beyond that initial announcement that came earlier in the year right so so before we get into all of the ultraman and subaraya con uh news there was a little bit of news that came out about an upcoming movie that fits into the tokusatsu and giant monster genre um, we had news from the Hollywood Reporter that Power Rangers is getting a reboot from Paramount mm-hmm. Studios. And it's possibly, well, actually, it is going to be directed by the creator of the Netflix series End of the Effing World. Nice. Uh, and I haven't watched that show on even. Netflix. So, yeah, I don't know. What I've heard is it's good teen drama. So mm-hmm. he's apparently got a really good eye on how teens speak how teens act and so he's really good with that so um this will be definitely a teen focused movie really highlighting you know them as the teenagers with attitude right they were supposed to be um one thing that that uh they talked about was there's a possible spoiler for this movie uh, that's floating around out there. Don't know if it's actually going to be in the movie, but just be aware, everybody, this is a possible spoiler, but that the Power Rangers will time travel back to the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And so... how do you feel about, or well, first of all, how do you feel about Power Rangers? Then how would you feel about that? <laughs> Um, I never really got into Power Rangers all that much. I mean, I did watch it initially when it came on for a little while, and I was like, mm, you know, I was it kind of It probably wasn't your where, generation, though. Yeah, I mean, I was probably 14, maybe, when it came out. So, okay. I was just kind of... It interested me to a point, but I guess some of the production value about how it was, I was just fickle with it. Granted, it's no different than what we do with a lot of the, you know, kaiju films that come over here. So I don't right. know why I had to stick up my bum for that. But, but anyway, um, over the years, I have kind of respected the lore. The fact mm-hmm. that we have different Power Rangers and different teams and stuff like that. So I like that. And I did watch the movie they did, the, the remake movie. And I've even seen the original Power mm-hmm. Rangers movie. Original Power Rangers movie has not aged well but it's entertaining for what it yeah. is <laughs> and the new one i was i was fairly entertained by it i mean i won't say it was the greatest cinematic achievement of all time but i had fun with it so yeah i'd be down to see another one just out of curiosity yeah that's kind of where i'm at on the power rangers movie from a couple of years ago uh is it's not you know groundbreaking by any means it's based on a cheesy kids show from the 90s but Mm -hmm. it was it was fun i enjoyed it 
I had fun. And, and for me, I was right in that demographic of Power Rangers back in the day because I was a kid in the 90s. So when Power Rangers came out, it was like I was obsessed with it. So I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure about this whole time travel thing. I guess my big question with it would be, what are we doing with time travel? Are we going to meet the originals, or are we just going back to the 90s just because? Yeah. Because I really don't see a point in going back in time just because. To me, it screams um, it screams Smurfs. You know, the how they uh, kind of went from yeah. the Smurf world to the real world, or yeah. kind of like what was it the uh the he-man the masters of the universe mm. uh, movie how they went from you know eternia to the real world it kind of screams that for me it's like well we can't have just a regular thing set in the regular power rangers world we have to kind of time travel it and twist it around so i don't know it, sure. it, it just it, it seems like an odd choice to me i'm not saying it won't work i'm just thinking mm. It's kind of an odd choice. Yeah. So I, I guess until we know what the genesis behind this possible idea is, then yeah. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. Now, being with Paramount is another thing I'm kind of like, because eh, Paramount's the one that's done the uh, Transformers movies. They did the G.I. Joe movies, which I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't hate the G.I. Joe movies. They've done the Star Trek movies, the reboot movies. But that does make sense because didn't Power Rangers recently get acquired by Hasbro? Right, exactly, exactly. And it's makes... all under that Nickelodeon, Viacom right. umbrella, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it made sense why Paramount would do it, but I'm just worried about Paramount. Because Paramount as a company seems to be... I mean, all of these big studios are all about making money. I mean, that's the bottom line, which makes sense, and that's fine. But Paramount, more than any other company, seems to be more of, let's just follow a trend let's and not actually do justice to the source material. Because when they were doing the Star Trek reboots, and I'm a Trekkie, I love Star Trek, but when they were doing the Star Trek movies, there was reports coming out about how they were like, oh, we want it to be less like Star Trek and more like Star Wars, or we want it to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, no, that's... And then, of course, the Transformers movies kind of doing their thing and following trends and just being what they are. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of hesitant about Paramount, but... If they get a good creative team, I don't know about this the guy who's going to be directing it, but he seems right. like he's pretty decent. And if he's if it turns out good, then it turns out good, you know. Yeah. Hmm. So. All right. So now we can jump into Subariacon. Now Subariacon, this is the first year that they've done a convention in Japan that is just to showcase all of Subaraya's stuff. <laughs> right. And with it, we've got a lot of reveals and news about their upcoming projects for 2020 and 2021. So 
the first thing I wanted to discuss was our first look at Shin Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get a chance to see this online? I saw a, I saw a picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what's what it is. Um, so yeah, Shin Ultraman is a new live action Ultraman movie that's coming out. It's going to be directed by um, yeah Shinji Higuchi, mm-hmm. who has done Attack on Titan and did the Gamera trilogy which was yep. the kind of more modern Gamera movies. Um, he was also the co-director of Shin Godzilla, along with uh, the person who's writing and producing Shin Ultraman, uh, Hideaki Anno, I think is mm-hmm. how you say his name. I, again, I'm not Japanese. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the names. I'm trying my best. <laughs> no disrespect meant... Um, but he also did Neon Genesis Evangelion mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. So um, these two guys who worked on Shin Godzilla and all these other projects, they're the ones who are doing Shin Ultraman. And from what it seems like, they're going back to the original 1966 Ultraman and like just giving a fresh reboot, a fresh start. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I am not, I wouldn't say that I'm a apologetic for Shin Godzilla. I, I can respect what was being done. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm trying to understand, I guess I would want to understand what their approach here is. Are they just going back to the well and trying to update based on what was originally done? Or are we trying to do something radically drastic? But in the same vein, because Shin Godzilla, they were trying to, Mm -hmm. I guess, recapture what made the original work in a modern day setting. And that's fine. So are they trying to do that here? Are they going to take a really, really insane left turn somewhere that it goes way off course into ways Mm -hmm. you don't expect? Which, again, could be a good thing, but it just depends on where you go. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm hesitant until I, I get some information. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat, too. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Shin Godzilla. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. It's still a Godzilla movie, so I still enjoy it for what it is. But it wasn't my favorite movie ever made. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I have I have my own issues with it. Um, and so I've been kind of hesitant when it's come to Shin Ultraman because I'm like, I don't know what, you know, what they're, what they're planning on doing. Like you were saying, I just, I don't really know. Um, I do kind of like that they are going back to the original show and kind of building off of that. Mm -hmm. There is something interesting about the picture though. This Ultraman doesn't seem to have his little color timer. In the center oh, of his chest. I didn't notice. So, I'm wondering, could it be this version of Ultraman doesn't have the color timer mm-hmm. and the time limit? Or, could this picture be of the Ultraman before he merges with the human aspect of him like he did in the 1960s or whatever ends up happening in this movie? Right. Mm-hmm. Um 
that was just an interesting little thing. So, hmm. so yeah, so we're looking forward to Shin Ultraman sometime in 2021. Don't know exactly when in 2021 yet. They haven't put out an actual release date, but sometime in 2021. Um, the next piece of news to come out of Subaraya Khan was a follow-up to Kaiju Decode, which was a an animated show that Subaraya was working with Toei mm-hmm. to produce. And Toei, of course, did Dragon Ball Z. They've done One Piece. They're a big studio. They do live action stuff too, but this is the animation side of it. And I was mistaken. I thought this was going to be an Ultraman property, but according to what I have seen, this has nothing to do with Ultraman. This is completely new. Okay. Um, it is, I'll read you some of the notes or some of the, uh, some of the notes that I have written down here about it. Yeah. It says a story between Kaiju and a girl. Okay. Uh, it says Hollywood based acclaimed Japanese artist Sai Nakashima serves as character designer. Um, and it was talking about how there's different genres in i'm sorry i'm trying to pull up the thing but yeah the article was talking about how there's different genres in the japanese anime kind of uh um school Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it universe and this idea of girls with giant monsters hasn't really been touched on a whole lot according to the uh, the producer of this and so they kind of want to explore this relationship between a girl and a giant monster. Right. And the image that they put out was of a girl standing next to a giant monster egg. Okay. So they've still been kind of really hush-hush about this. Like, they're not really giving us a lot of details about it. So it makes you wonder I don't know why, what to too, you know? Yeah. I mean, if if it's nothing... That we should be expecting, or some big surprise, and it's yeah. new. Then why why be all secretive about it? Yeah, and make me wonder. Uh, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know because uh, it, it is it is interesting because I did read an article that said it was going to tie into Ultraman, but then I'm reading this now, and they're saying no, it's not. It's just it's an, a completely original thing coming from Toei uh, and Subaraya, their partnership. So. We'll see. They could but say I that. Think, yeah. <laughs> they could say that yeah. and be a, be real tricky about it. They've done it before. People or companies, studios and whatnot have. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no telling. I mean, if it is based on an existing property, it could be anything. It could be uh, Ultraman. It could be just a lot. Of, there's a lot of things it could be. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I figured we you know need to report on it just because it's it's giant monster news mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a new anime that's coming out in 2021 is when it's set to to come out too um we also got the announcement for the next season of ultraman on netflix Woo-hoo. so that season will be available season two will be available in april of 2020 here yeah. april of 2020 
Good. It gives me time to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, good. And I have time to catch up on it because I have not watched that series yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's exciting. We're going to have that. Uh, they also had a few little announcements. Um, one was about uh, Gridman. They're doing a follow-up to Gridman anime. Um, Gridman's one of those long-time kind of tokusatsu franchises. They did an anime a couple of years ago mm. or last year. No, a couple of years ago. And they're doing a follow-up to that. Okay. Um, there was a VR experience game type thing that was uh, announced too that's going to feature some of Ultraman's monsters like Red King and Pigmon. Um, so that's some stuff. But those are little minor things. The major things I wanted to talk about was the Shin Ultraman Kaiju Decode and the announcement of Ultraman season two on Netflix. Right. Okay. And the, and of course the power Rangers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So was there any other news, uh, that you wanted to cover this week? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, we kind of rushed through the news a little bit because I do want to do something special for the end of this episode before we close out. So I'm kind of, pushing through the news a little fast or faster than might, we might have done last week. Mm. Last week, we kind of drugged the news out a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our main topic for this week is giant monsters in the Star Wars universe. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our favorites and least favorite giant monsters in the Star Wars universe. So I'm going to ask you real quick. Should any of these monsters from the Star Wars universe be counted as kaiju? Well, that really depends on where you want to stand on what is a kaiju <laughs> and what isn't. I mean, I think we've had this conversation. Some, right. I could definitely say, fit the bill, depending. I guess height is where it really starts to to fit. Yeah. Like, where where does that really start to say, okay, this becomes a kaiju at this height? Because if you want to be specific, use a, a smaller monster as a as a template. I think King Kong in 2005, and maybe even the original, but I can't remember if mm-hmm. the original was. He was around 20 feet, give or take. So he yeah. was fairly short, but he was big. So if you're saying that he still classifies at that height, then 20 feet is a good margin, and then you can go up from there. So right. other kaiju or any monsters in the Star Wars universe that kind of fall under that guidance, I, I'd say they they work. They're kaiju. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. We have kind of talked about it a little bit um, because I've you know said that I kind of have a looser definition of what counts as kaiju. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Clifford the Big Red Dog is a kaiju. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, so, yeah, a lot of these do count as kaiju. Um, I reached out to some friends on Facebook and asked them to share some of their favorite giant monsters in the Star Wars universe. And so I have some of those that we can also go through. But I'm going to go ahead and let you start us off with. What's one that you want to start with? I guess everyone's favorite, or at least I would say is a favorite among Star Wars 
uh, fans would be the Rancor. That definitely oh, yeah. fits into the uh, definition of a kaiju in my book because mm-hmm. it's a massive monster. It's, you know, vicious. It's cruel. And, I mean, we really didn't get to see do much of what it pro- probably could do. I would love to see it possibly in The Mandalorian. You know, maybe he runs mm-hmm. into a Rancor and we actually get to see one in action doing something else. Um, Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But I don't know what it could be doing or where it would be, but I would like to see another one in the Star Wars universe beyond that one moment in Return of the Jedi because it feels like that there's more potential for that creature than what we got because all we really saw it do was get let out of its cage and start eating whatever it could find. Right. So, yeah. But it's cool. And I think, yeah, I think it... Especially, you know, from that time period of using practical effects Mm -hmm. uh, and so being more puppet than anything else really kind of uh, elevates it for me to a higher tier than some of the other monsters that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. because I just love that big puppet. I mean, it wasn't the size that it was on film, but it was still a big puppet that they had to maneuver around and everything. And so Mm -hmm. it was definitely a an interesting creature design and an interesting monster for our hero luke skywalker to fight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um gregory gritman on facebook said uh the rancor was fun not that the monster itself was amazing but the idea that there was a guy who cared for it and loved it like a pet was so cute <laughs> so talking about the rancor keeper mm-hmm. uh was pretty good yeah that was kind of cute uh steven teeman timon uh said i'm a rancor guy myself especially the bull rancor in force unleashed with all the horns now i haven't played uh i'm not a video game person so Mm -hmm. i haven't played that game but have you played uh the force unleashed it's been a while (laughs) (laughs) okay like so much so that i forgot about that, and I can't even remember. I know I played through that game pretty well, so man, okay. So apparently, there has been another Rancor. I just forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, I think actually, even I might be wrong, but I think the Rancors actually do appear in at least one episode of the Clone Wars. Okay. I I so I think so. They they have kind of popped up here and there, but for the most part, they're still kind of. They're not in it all the time. They're mm-hmm. you know just kind of like every once in a while. Um, Chris Taylor on Facebook also wrote, Rancor is pretty classic, and it's not exactly giant, but... Oh, no, that's... Never mind, sorry. But he also loves the Wampas. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. From... Again, it define it how you want. Do you consider yeah, a Wampa a, a kaiju? It's a, it's a big monster. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other Rancor fans. I think that's it for the Rancors as far as people who sent them to me. But yeah. Yeah. So Rancor definitely as a counts as a kaiju Mm -hmm. is definitely uh, a good giant monster. One that I want to throw out there. And... I don't know how we'll count it as far as Kaiju is concerned, but the asteroid worm okay. or the space slug mm-hmm. that was in the asteroid 
I think that's such a neat idea. The idea of they're in this cave, quote unquote cave, and then come to find out the cave's actually alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a a neat... What's your thoughts on it? How do you feel about the... It was definitely something on my list because it definitely fits the bill for a kaiju. I mean, the fact that it dwarfed the size of the Millennium Falcon... It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's massive. We, I mean, we really don't even have a gauge outside of seeing it sized up to the Falcon to know how right. big it is because we didn't even see it all. We just saw it jump out of the, the asteroid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows how long the thing is. <laughs> and I think it also begs the question, where did it come from? Like, has it been living in this asteroid? Did it come from a planet and it just happens to be still alive, floating through space? I mean, mm-hmm. that, it's fascinating because we don't know anything about it. We just know that it was in this asteroid and slithered right mm-hmm. back into its hole. So, yeah, how is it living? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I want to know more. Knowing Star Wars, there's probably a Wikipedia article about it that defines it and explains everything about it. But mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> Because that's the thing about Star Wars. There is an explanation for everything. <laughs> you are right. I didn't think about that, but you're really you're right on the money. Yeah. But as far as in the universe, as far as in the movies anyway, we don't have an explanation and we don't need one. Mm. It's just a giant monster. The imagination is part of what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, a few people on Facebook put that one as their favorite. Frederick Baudet. I think is how you say his name, mm-hmm. uh, said, I remember the giant worm li- living in an asteroid really impressed me as a kid. And then a go- uh, uh, Gregory Gritman uh, again said, I thought the concept of the asteroid monster was great. They go into the cave and walk around, notice the moisture. There's even smaller parasites within. Then Han figures it out and it's like, oh, we have to get out of here mm-hmm. now. And makes you that right there makes me wonder how much of this did Han really know? Because he right. seemed like as soon as he got clued in that this was alive, he knew exactly what this was. So I'm I'm really curious about that too. Like, what does Han know about this thing? Has he encountered one before? Do we need another solo movie just to explain that too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Pavel Castro also put uh, the the space slug. And uh, Michael Langley Gibbons also put the space slug uh, on there. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. As soon as as soon as uh, because I just watched Empire Strikes Back just yesterday because I'm doing my rewatch leading up to uh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And when he as soon as he figures it out, he's like oh man, we gotta go, and he's like, and he's immediately, he's like, that's, this is no cave, you know, it's like, so he apparently knows, which you kind of get the, the sense, you know, Han's been around, and you know, traveling a lot more than most people, so he probably has run into these things before. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, that is cool, and uh, yeah, I didn't really touch on early on uh why we're doing a star wars themed episode (laughs) for our giant monster hopefully people would understand i mean it's we're what a week away less than a week away so yeah yeah well by the time this comes out it's like days away right 
Yep. When this episode goes live, we'll be days away from Rise of Skywalker, the conclusion to the Skywalker saga. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. I've actually kept myself uh, very much in the dark this time around. Not that I had anything mm-hmm. spoiled per se with, I did with Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but it still hurt. I'll, if you, I'm trying not to spoil for those who may have not seen it in that time frame for whatever reason, but right. I'm sure you know what I mean. That was a that was yeah. a rough scene, but uh, no, this time I've just shut everything out. I've watched the two trailers it released, and that's it. I have mm-hmm. not watched them obsessively or anything like that. I said, I'm just going to go in cold. I understand what's at stake. So that's all we're doing. Yeah, that's kind of, that's how I've been too. Um, when The Force Awakens, I guess because The Force Awakens was the first one in a while. So I was so excited. So I was just taking in everything, everything I could see. And I'm not sensitive to spoilers. Mm-hmm. So which is also kind of an issue on the podcast because I may accidentally spoil some stuff for some people and not realize it because I'm not sensitive to spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I don't think about that a lot of times. I guess, but I mean, yeah. in regards to being sensitive to them, I mean, I, I try to see it from a, a certain perspective. I guess you know, I've heard, you know, if you don't watch it within a certain time frame, you probably don't care enough enough to want right. to you know, go see it right then and there. So if you get something spoiled, that's fine, but depending on what it is, there are surprises I like to have. Like things that yeah. I don't want to know, so when you can just like I think the last time I got super excited in the the theater was uh Far From Home, Spider-Man. Mm. And mm-hmm. I that was another one I tried to go in as blind as I could. So when the last two end credit scenes came up, I was just <gasps> out of breath yeah. by the time it was all over with because I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this. Oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. So, <laughs> And that's I like that genuine reaction versus I know it's coming, you know, because I can mm-hmm. get into movies like that to a point. But not all spoilers get under my skin. There are some movies I don't mind. You know, if I hear something about it, it's like, yeah, okay. That's fine. So, yeah, I, I get it to a point. Yeah. I I just, I've never been, I guess, because I grew up in a time period where, like, I knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father mm-hmm. before I ever watched the first Star Wars movie. Right. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not from that time period of these movies were coming out at the time that I was growing up. They were already out. So, uh, you know, I... I'm just not a big spoiler uh, sensitive person, but uh, so spoilers is not what I'm actually shielding myself from when I'm uh, with this movie, with the rise of Skywalker, I've been kind of just like, you know what? The last Jedi really surprised me. And I think that kind of added to my enjoyment of the movie Mm -hmm. because I just did not know what to expect. So I kind of wanted to go into this movie doing the same thing. I don't know what to expect. Haven't watched too many of the, you know, little TV spots and stuff. So I'm going to be surprised when things happen and I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, for sure. So, but that's why uh, we're covering Star Wars monsters now. I figured now is a good time to discuss Star Wars and there's plenty of giant monsters in the Star Wars universe. Believe it or not. (laughs) One thing that. Uh, yeah, 
one thing that George Lucas was a fan of was those old school movies, including giant monster movies. So, uh, they include he included that in the universe. Um, was there another one you wanted to discuss? Uh, I think another one that was in, I mean, now that we're talking about the newer movies, were the uh, Wrath Tars, which were the squid-like mm-hmm. creatures that were in Han's, uh, what would you call that ship that he had? St- uh, like a... Like a barge? Yeah. I guess of, that would yeah. kind of be it. But those things got out and they started attacking everybody and they weren't really on screen for a massive amount of time, but they were pretty cool, you know? Yeah. For what they were. So I thought I'd like to see more of those at some point if I don't know where. It's not like we have to see these creatures because it's Star Wars, but more giant monsters. I want to see more of them. Yeah. Now, I know that's a point of contention for a lot of fans is that scene on the ship with the Rathtars. And I get why people may not enjoy it because it did kind of lean more towards the sillier side of things. Mm-hmm. But I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. You know, just had, like you said, these monsters just going nuts and, and going after everybody. And I just loved it. Yeah. I love the giant monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't think about that and, immediately when you think of star Wars, you don't think giant monsters. Right. So when one shows up, you're like, Oh, okay. So you, you kind of on right. your guard. Yeah, and and I think people forget that Star Wars was so heavily influenced by the old school like uh, adventure comics and old school adventure uh, like uh, not Buck Rogers, but Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like like Flash Gordon is a is a serious uh, influence on George Lucas and Star Wars. So, when you have those cheesier elements in it, it's, yeah, I know that Star Wars has kind of evolved into something a little bit more serious toned and a little bit more its own thing Mm. than that cheesiness. It's kind of outgrown the cheesiness a little bit, but I kind of like whenever it takes it back to its roots of this is just a fun, you know, Serial that you just go into a movie theater in the 1960s or 50s and you can just watch it and see the fun, you know, craziness that's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. And see, I never really... And I think the Rathtars fit with that. And I never really considered until, I don't know why, the other day, but a lot like what you're saying, I never really thought about the Mandalorian in that way. But mm-hmm. then the other day, it was just kind of brought to my attention. If you really look at how each of the episodes pace themselves, it's almost like a, a comic book, you know, or like right. a serial. You you just have an ongoing adventure. It'll probably get to its, you know, main point at, at you know, later on down the line. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're very self-contained episodes. He has an adventure. He goes on it. Boom, done. And that's about it. And I was like, I never thought about that, but you're right. So it's very much in the same yeah. vein as that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anybody who's listening to this, who's maybe on the younger side or maybe not aware of film history. Back in the day, films used to be shown differently than what they are nowadays. Um, Nowadays, you buy a ticket for a specific time to go see a specific movie. 
But back in those old days, they didn't have that. They showed just ongoing reels of, you know, multiple films and they just played them on loop. And you bought a ticket, you walked in there and you just sat there as long as you wanted to, to see whatever, you know, you wanted. And you might leave in the middle of one of them. You might stay for three of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just, that's just the way it worked. It wasn't necessarily a set time and a set, you know, beginning, middle and end type thing that you uh, bought a ticket for. And so that's kind of, that's what George Lucas grew up on Mm -hmm. and that's what he watched and so that's what he brought to star wars and the mandalorian like you said fits right in with that it's just an ongoing story that you walk in you know the episode four feels like it could have been episode one and you're just you know looping back around Mm -hmm. you're just walking in on the story and seeing it unfold yeah and there's really not anything in it that's going to I mean, again, there is story progression, but it's it's not imperative you see every single thing to enjoy an episode. You know, mm-hmm. so I could I could show somebody next Friday's episode, and I guarantee you they're not going to be one hundred percent completely lost. There are minor little things right. that they might want to know about, but they're it's not going to affect the episode at hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, for me, the Rathtars fit right in with that whole pulp era adventure that Star Wars originally was mm-hmm. inspired by. So uh, I know it's a point of contention, so that's why I kind of wanted to discuss it a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. some people do hate the Rathtars, and that's perfectly okay. I didn't realize they were so that's perfectly revolved, okay. but okay. <laughs> Star Wars yeah, fans, well, they, they confuse me sometimes, but it's okay. Star Wars fans are fickle, and you're never going to find something that's 100% loved by everyone in the fandom. <laughs> are Star Trek fans that way? Um, <laughs> oh, Star Trek fans invented it. Okay, okay. See, that's all I need to know. <laughs> I was just wondering if the other side of that coin was different. <laughs> Yeah, Star Trek fans invented the infighting (laughs) among fandoms. Back in the day, before you had the internet, before you had conventions, before you had anything, people would meet together and and argue about who's the best character in Star Trek, whether uh, Spock is the best or whether Kirk is the best. And then as the series progressed then you'd have people arguing about who's the best captain who's not the best captain you know and all that so yeah star trek fans invented that infighting okay. fair <laughs> enough oh man so star wars fans don't think that you own it <laughs> uh, uh, uh. was there another uh monster that uh from the star wars universe that you wanted to talk about well trying to find giant monsters like i was really trying to think of something big because i think beyond the sandworm the rancor and then the wrath tars i was thinking what else was big and this i don't know if this one would be a point of contention but it's big and it didn't do much but it was big was the um i think they call it sando it's the big fish from phantom menace oh uh uh-huh yeah it was huge I mean, that yeah. would definitely fit in the, the kaiju uh, definition if you want to go big. Yeah. So, um, 
There's always a bigger fish. Always a bigger fish. And, uh, I mean, it was pretty cool for what it was. Yeah. It was there. I don't know what more it could to do. To me, that one, and it fits right in with the whole kind of uh, Godzilla aesthetic because it's kind of this amphibian, lizard-like, almost bipedal-looking mm-hmm. uh, monster because it looks like it has arms and two legs yeah. and stuff. And so it's, it's uh, yeah, it kind of fits in, looks like, it could be a Godzilla monster mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned that one, Christopher price on Facebook mentioned that one as one that he, uh, liked and, uh, Brian darling also, uh, replied to that with, there's always a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's a, that's one that a lot of people, you know, seem to enjoy it's one of the things that uh uh phantom menace i i don't hate the prequels as much as some star wars fans do Mm. but one thing that they i think they did excellent on was a lot of the designs for the creatures oh yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of creature designs in the prequels that are really cool um one that i actually wanted to bring up uh here is the Acklay, I think is what it's called, but it's the bluish crab monster that attacks Obi-Wan when they're in the big arena okay, in yeah. uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a spider crab kind of weird thing. Yeah. And I really like that design. It is a I think that is, a, it is an awesome to, Of the three monsters that are there attacking Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan, that one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the, probably the deadliest out of all three because it was just, it was at him, you know, it was just keep coming at him <laughs> and it could stab you with any one of its legs. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it had, it had claws on the, on the, uh, the joints mm-hmm. of those, on those legs. So it actually had like hands and, and then also these like spider crab looking legs too, and then the sharp teeth, the and the snappy jaws and everything. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it, I really like that monster. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Barber uh, shared that one on Facebook, and I looked at, it, I was like, yeah, you're right. I really like that monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Now speaking of, we mentioned things that are point of points of contention in the star wars fandom i want to ask you what is your opinion on space whales (laughs) space whales um i guess i don't have an opinion (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah i know you didn't uh you didn't watch rebels when it came out no um there is a an episode where these things called pergils mm-hmm. showed up. They are basically space whales. Okay. They are whales that travel in pods and they make the noise mm-hmm. when they're flying through space and they can travel at light speed. Okay. They actually can warp into hyperspace. A whale. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm intrigued. Go on. So, 
a lot of people when that came out that episode came out kind of hated on them because it's kind of silly mm-hmm. space whales <laughs> i again i'm in the camp of it's cheesy and dumb but it's star wars it fits i mean it's no different than the space slug mm-hmm. we don't <laughs> the know asteroid. we don't know what's out there in space in the universe there could be all sorts of space whales and you just don't know it <laughs> Yeah, and I think Dave Filoni, who's the one behind uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and is kind of, you know, really heading a lot of the TV side of Star Wars, I think he was aware of the criticism of it, and he just was like, I don't care what you think, I love Space Whales, because in the series finale, I'm not going to spoil it, but space whales play a major role in the series finale of Rebels. So it's like everybody hated on it. It's like, you know what? I'm going to make them even more important to the story. <laughs> Very good. Stick to your guns. Yeah. Um, Jordan Awe on Facebook reminded me about the space whales, also known as the Pergales. Uh they are an interesting thing. I, I, you should give Rebels a shot because uh, Rebels is actually a really good show. I do want to watch them. Uh, it's just one of those that I think I tried watching Clone Wars and it was kind of a slow burn and I was wanting it to kind of yeah. pick up a little bit because I heard some of the later seasons got so much better. So yeah, I guess that's what kind of made me lax on, on getting around to watching them. Yeah, if you can get through the first season of Clone Wars and the first season of Rebels too, if you get through the first season, the rest of it tends to you know be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just getting through that first little bit, and you know before you get to the good stuff. Um, right. I think starting in season two of Rebels is when they bring Darth Vader on as a semi kind of every so often special guest on the show, mm-hmm. and that's always worth watching. <laughs> For sure. Anytime Darth Vader's in something, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Rebels, this wasn't actually mentioned by anybody on Facebook, but it's one that I really enjoy from the show, and that's the Bindu. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll explain a little bit about what the Bindu is. The Bindu is this giant, almost ape-like creature that is a force user and is intelligent. He can speak. In fact, the voice actor for the American, you know, original version of the show was uh, Tom Baker, who was the fourth doctor Mm -hmm. from Doctor Who. Um, An interesting fact, though, when they brought it to the show to Japan, it was... Uh, Akira uh, Takarada. Oh, okay. Who nice. is a longtime Godzilla actor who's mm-hmm. been in a lot of different things. He did the voice of the Bindu for the Japanese dub. Nice. So it's like you've got these two well known in the geek community guys playing the same you know character. And uh, the whole idea behind the Bindu is. You have the light side of the force, and you have the dark side of the force, and the Bindu is the middle. Okay. He's the one that's in the middle. He's not light side or dark side. He just is. 
And yeah, it's a really, really excellent concept. And doing the idea of a force user that's neither light nor dark just is mm-hmm. the middle but then making it a giant monster <laughs> on <Yeah>. top of it <laughs> is actually kind of cool and there is a little bit of a spoiler but there is kind of a a thing that happens in the show that makes you think that he can maybe change shapes even he might not this might not be his regular form or maybe it is his regular form and he can just turn into something else so uh it's a really interesting character and a really interesting design. I think you should check it out. If you haven't watched Rebels, Steven and listeners, give it a shot. I know it's kind of kids. It's a kid's show, but it really matures as you get into the later seasons. Right. Um, is there any other uh, giant monster from Star Wars that you want to... I don't really think there's anything else I can think of. I think I've now, hit a lot of you, them. Now, you have a, a, a video game. We don't really talk about it that much We uh, on this podcast, but you have a video game-based podcast, mm-hmm. um, Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure I got it all right. You got it all. <laughs> Did very good. Um, so, for that podcast, have you played... Um, Jedi Fallen Order? Not yet. We were actually talking about it today for Monday's, or I guess it would be two days ago, podcast for our most recent podcast. Um, It's (laughs) definitely one that I've got to get around to. I think one of the Uh reasons I've been hesitant to pick it up was because of the way I've heard the combat described. And Mm -hmm. if you're a video gamer by chance and you've ever played Dark Souls... I am mm-hmm. not a fan. I do not like those <laughs> games because they seem to make the games intentionally hard just to anger you. And the combat's mm-hmm. one of those things that they do to anger you. And uh, when I heard, oh, yeah, the combat in Fallen Order is much like that, I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. But my co-host told me that she's watched people play it, and they have, mm-hmm. I guess the people playing it were not... Um, I don't want to say this to make it sound mean. They're they're mediocre gamers. There you uh-huh. go. So, but they did they did very well playing this. So, I guess it's not that out of range for someone who's a competent gamer. So, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll give it a shot. I do want to play it because I've heard story wise, it's really interesting. And for Star Wars, I want I would like to do that. I'd like to play it. But no, I have not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a video game person. Um, every once in a while I'll pick up a video game, but for the most part, I'm not a video game person. So, um, I'm not planning on playing the game. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything against it. It's just, no. that's just my personality. I'm just not a gamer. Right. But, um, a few people said that there are a lot of giant monsters or giant, you know, alien creatures in the, in the video game. Uh, so, hey. Crossover, Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, and uh, Kaiju Weekly. That's right. Um, Colin Spinrath uh, and Evan Major both specifically mentioned different monsters from 
the Fallen Order game. So I wanted to give them a shout out for sharing those, even though looking at them, I'm like, I have no idea what this is because I don't play the video game. <laughs> All right. Now, the only other giant monster that I think we should talk about, and this is kind of the big one, both mm-hmm. metaphorically and also size-wise, right. is the Zillow Beast or the Zeo Beast mm-hmm. from Clone Wars. It is a giant centipede-looking monster that walks on two legs and is basically like the Star Wars equivalent of Godzilla. Poisons don't work on it. Weapons don't work on it. Even lightsabers can't hurt it. Good lord. And it's just this massive monster that they capture and bring to Coruscant, which is a giant city Mm -hmm. that's also a planet. And then the monster, of course, just like any Godzilla movie, breaks free and starts terrorizing the city and destroying the city. And I don't know if you've seen those episodes of Clone Wars. I have not. Oh, man. As a Godzilla fan, seeing a what is essentially Godzilla in Star Wars. Excellent. (laughs) So you're selling me. I really want to go watch it now. Yeah, there. I think it's a two-part or three-part episode, you know, uh, story arc mm. uh, that is on there, and or it's two episodes. It's two episodes. I actually have it here. Um, Dante Pino, uh, Pinu, mm. Pinu, on Facebook said uh, the 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 Zillow Beast from Clone Wars. Essentially, Star Wars is Godzilla. It is massive. Uh, weak to nerve gas and its skin slash armor is impenetrable to laser bolts and lightsabers personally not my favorite but pretty dang close to godzilla in star wars uh it's from season two episodes 18 through 19 and they of course the show is available on uh disney plus so you can always check it out um yeah, he also shared a picture of it, and I'm just like, yes, I like, yeah, it's it's such an awesome, awesome monster. Mm-hmm. Even the name, yeah. Zillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Godzilla. Someone knew. Uh, Someone was doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this is it. I knew somebody else did it. Uh, Jordan uh, Van Sant. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, oh, we have to talk about the Zillow Beast from Clone Wars. It's essentially the Star Wars version of Godzilla. The size of a building, impregnable to conventional attacks, including lightsabers, and requires a convoluted trap to take down. Also, he attacks Coruscant, so there's that too. And Coruscant is kind of like the Star Wars equivalent of Tokyo. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, man. And uh, Tyler Thornton also shared about the Sarlacc, the Sarlacc pit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a giant monster. And uh, the fact that it digests its victims for a thousand years is kind of a cool thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's it for everybody on everybody from Facebook. I just want to make sure everybody got their chance to share their favorite giant monsters. For sure. So, um. Since neither one of us has really looked into too much about what's going to appear in Rise of Skywalker, 
if they were to do a giant monster, and I'm not sure if they're going to or not, but if they were going to have a giant monster featured in some small way in the Rise of Skywalker, what would you want it to be? Hmm. I don't know. I've never really given that much thought. I mean, what <laughs> haven't we really seen? Because each one that we've mentioned is kind of unique. We've got a worm. Yeah. We've got a squid. We've got a fish. Mm-hmm. We've got a centipede. Mm-hmm. We've got a rancor. we got a rancor, whatever <laughs> that is. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe maybe yeah. something that flies like a Rodan or a Mothra. But I don't know what they could design that would make it look alien versus something we've actually seen that would be more Earth-like. Right. But yeah, maybe like yeah. a giant flying monster would be something unique. Yeah. Um, for me, I was thinking um, we know that they go to the remnants or at least part of the remnants of the Death Star that was left over. Uh, we see that in the trailers that Ray and Kylo are both on, you know, some of the ruins of the old Death Star that crash landed, you know, and after it exploded. So maybe seeing a monster that's kind of made its home inside kind of the, the ruins of this old, uh, you know, Death Star mm-hmm. would be kind of cool. Yeah, I could see that. So, yeah, uh, that's just some speculation of what, you know, what might be, but ultimately... You know, there's always fun creature designs in Star Wars, whether they do giant creatures or not. That's a different story. But there's always there's always new and interesting things in every Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. even the not so good ones. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, if that's it for our Star Wars and giant monsters talk, we can move on to the mailbag. So I just want to quickly, quickly mailbag, mailbag. Uh, mailbag. Uh, <laughs> um, I just want to quickly uh, answer one question because uh, Michael Hamilton, who again we we mentioned him enough times on this podcast, he's going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Um, and he's going to show up. But uh, when we said we were getting down and we had actually answered his last question, he went ahead and sent us some more questions for us to read out and talk about on the podcast. Okay. So um, I want to, 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 to I want to just take one and we'll cover you know the others on another week. Uh, but he said, hey, fellas, if you could have a drink with any cast member from any kaiju film or TV show alive or passed away and just have a conversation about film, their career or life during that time period, who would it be? Thanks, Michael Hamilton, the the Kaiju Ruby. So I do have an answer for this. So I'll I'll let you give you time to. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mine is, and we already mentioned him, Akira or Akira Takarada. Mm -hmm. There's something about him. He, he to me feels like the Stan Lee of the 
Godzilla universe. He's so enthusiastic about it. Even in his, you know, even in his older years, he is so enthusiastic about kaiju, about tokusatsu, and he just is always out there, always working, always doing things, trying to get more people to love these films and, and giving the fans exactly what they want, you know, as far as like just making appearances and everything. And he just, you know, the way that Stan Lee kind of became a spokesperson and a mascot for Marvel and for comic books in general, that's what Takarada feels like to me. Mm-hmm. He kind of feels that like that Stan Lee um kind and and, and I, I want I really would love to just you know meet him and talk to him and he's going to be right as of right now he's still scheduled to be at Pensacon which is a comic con that they have in Pensacola Florida which is only about 2 hours from where I live so mm-hmm. I might get the chance to meet him mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's who i would pick okay. uh and and just just as a, just also just to discuss with him what it's like seeing the evolution of the tokusatsu genre because he was there he was in the original 1954 mm. godzilla gojira he was there in the heisei period he was there in the millennium period he was there he's a Appeared in the uh, legendary MonsterVerse movies, or at least in one of them. Mm-hmm. So he's been through every generation of giant monster movies. And I just kind of want to see, you know, I just want to you know, pick his brain on, you know, what has changed? What hasn't changed? What stayed the same? What do you wish had stayed the same that has changed? You know, type stuff. I just, you know, he's the person I want to pick his brain on things. Sure. Now, did he he said just actors, right? Um, How's this question? Let's see. Let me. I want to make sure I'm staying true to check. that. Uh, any cast member? Cast member. Okay. So, uh, hmm. so. Well. Okay, I know this is going to be out of left field, but I guess there's reasons behind my my line of thinking here, much like yours. I would probably say, mm-hmm. as far as an actor from those movies. Uh, Kenji Sahara, mainly because mm-hmm. he was one of the first actors in those movies whose name I knew and whose face I knew, and I connected them. Like, I knew mm-hmm. who that was. Like, when I saw his name, all the other names I was still trying to learn, but him, I knew. And he was the one I identified immediately, so therefore, I felt like I knew him. And right, it just... it kind of i guess he would feel more comfortable trying to get to know him and he was also a staple through a good portion of the films through the uh showa era he was in the high sea era and i don't think he i don't think he was in a millennium film i'm almost positive he wasn't but it was at least in two yeah i don't remember him in any so yeah i guess i'd probably pick his brain the same way just you know why did you do all these movies what was your did you have a love for it? Did you have a passion for it? Because he was in quite a few. So mm-hmm. I guess it would be the same questions about what you had, just a different actor. Yeah. Um, just as a little also, um, I, I, I'm not going to even try to say the actor's name, but the one who played E-Day in the original Ultraman mm-hmm. series, 
our favorite character, E-Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because he seems like a blast. Oh, yeah. I just, I think he would be so much fun. Even seeing him, like, being interviewed and stuff, uh, now as an older person, he still just seems like just this jolly, happy-go-lucky guy. And I just, I, I love him. I love him so much. Yeah. E-Day's my favorite character from Ultraman. <laughs> uh, his name popped up on my Twitter feed. The actor's name popped mm-hmm. up. Uh, recently and i was like oh no did he pass away please don't tell me he passed away but no it was just there was he was celebrating it might have been his birthday or something nice. he was celebrating it and so i was like oh good <laughs> scared me for a second <laughs> oh man all right so that's actually a good segue into i'm going to use the last little bit of time that we have for this episode to do something special because i have a game that I would like to play and we can bring out, especially on weeks when we have less news to talk about, but Mm -hmm. I want to quiz you (laughs) and play this game with you, Steven. Uh, I haven't come up with a catchy name. So maybe if somebody comes up with a catchy name for it, I'll use it, but I'm just going to call it Ultraman monster or not. (laughs) Okay. So I, picked out some of the monsters from the 1966-67 Ultraman season. So not I'm not going to go through the whole, you know, line. Just from that season. And I'm going to read some of them out to you, but I'm also going to mix in some that I picked out that are not Ultraman monsters that just sound like they might fit in with there. And I want to see... If you can guess which ones are Ultraman monsters and which ones are not. Okay. I don't so. get to do games very often on my other podcasts. I'm usually the, the quiz master, so go for it. <laughs> All right. So Ultraman monster or not. We'll start with kind of an easy one. We'll just kind of slow ball this into it. Pigmon. Ultraman. Yep. Pigmon. He's one of the adorable adorably ugly ones <laughs> okay uh gamora not ultraman oh that's an ultraman oh okay yep <laughs> uh i wish i would have written down the episodes they appear in i, I might do that next time we play this game um giras or giras <laughs> be careful how you say that uh I know. <laughs> Not Ultraman. That's Ultraman. Gosh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that one, <coughs> you've probably seen pictures of this one. That one is actually the Godzilla suit oh, from yeah. the 60s, mm-hmm. but has the big frill yes. around its neck. That's that's Jurassic or Jurassic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bagheera. Why do I know that name? Bagheera. See, I'm t- I'm I gotta get out of my head and and not think <laughs> that you, there's a pattern here. Bagheera, Bagheera. Why do I know that name? Bagheera. Uh, not Ultraman. Not Ultraman. Yeah! It's the the Black Panther from uh um. Uh, Jungle Book. That's right. 
<laughs> Bagheera. <laughs> but it sounds so much like a giant, like, it does. Yeah, Mothra, Batra, Bagheera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I knew I knew that. All name. right. Here, here's another one. Dada. Dada. Mm. Mm. I want to say, I'm going to say Ultraman. Yep, that's an Ultraman. Uh-huh. It's an Ultraman one. It uh, it's actually a very famous, and he and Dada actually appears throughout a lot of different Ultraman series. Uh, we'll get to him. He's a very unique design. All right, how about Smeargle? Not Ultraman. You're right. That's a Pokemon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It finally came in handy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. How about Gabumon? Now that sounds Ultraman. <laughs> That's actually a Digimon. Dang. Okay. Uh, okay. Ga- uh, Gabumon is the the wolf like Digimon. Dang it. Yeah. All right. One more. Okay. One more. Geronimon. I'm gonna lean in and say Ultraman. Yep, that's an Ultraman one. All right. It's so funny. You have Pigmon, Geronimon, those are Ultraman monsters, but then Gabumon and Agumon and Garurumon. <laughs> it's like those are not. Those are Digimon. Yeah. Oh, man. Got fooled so, by the Digimon. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't keeping score, but I think you did pretty good there. I'd say 50% at least. It's not bad. Uh, I think you did better than that. Probably, but maybe I don't know. I'm being I'm being. I modest. think you missed like two of them. Okay. <laughs> oh man, so that was fun. Uh, that was inspired by I was listening to a podcast and they did uh, a quiz similar to that that was Pokemon or antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> Because some of those names of those like prescription drugs sound very similar to Pokemon names, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. So I kind of wanted to play a little game like that. I like we'll, that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll bring it. I'll bring it back every so often. Maybe when we have you know slow news weeks, or maybe not as much uh, mail in the mailbag to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to. Do it this week because we had Subariacon. We had so much Ultraman news. Wanted to play an Ultraman themed game. Dig it. All right. Well, I didn't mention it for the mailbag, but if anybody wants to reach out to us uh, and share your thoughts on anything, if you want to share your thoughts on some of the Star Wars monsters, you can email us or tweet us at. Uh, kaijuweekly at gmail.com is our email or you can tweet us at kaijuweekly uh if you want to share your thoughts on anything kaiju related send it over let us know Mm -hmm. we'll read it out on the podcast um you can also help out the podcast by giving us a five-star review on itunes because that helps us reach more people. It helps us be seen by more people. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please, please rate it and review it. And if you review it, I'll, again, read it out on the podcast because we love hearing from you guys. So please, please send in any kind of stuff that you want to send in. Mm-hmm. So I know that 
for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be taking a break uh, because we it's the end of the year. It's that time when it's time to focus on family for Steven. For me, it's focus on my kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only family I have. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we're going to be gone for a couple of weeks. We're actually going to be back on January 8th. Uh, so that's two weeks, I think, two full weeks from now mm-hmm. is when we'll be back. Uh, the podcast will be back. We'll, we might have a guest host on to help us rein in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're looking forward to that. So if you guys are wondering next week or the week after why there's no podcast, that's what it is. The last week of, of December and last couple of weeks of December, I think we're going to just take off to rest and recuperate. I haven't really mentioned it on the podcast and I don't really talk about it too much out to, you know, out loud to other people. But um, I've been struggling with a chronic illness. Um, it's been causing me a lot of fatigue and everything. Uh, I, sometimes I can't even lift my head up out of the bed. Sometimes I can't, I mean, sometimes just watching a movie wears me out and I can't even watch a movie and it's like, you know, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just sitting there. (laughs) Mm. But, uh, so, you know, my fatigue has been kind of bad. So taking a couple of weeks off will do me some good too, to kind of recuperate and everything. So, but, uh, don't worry. The podcast is not going away. We will be back and we will have more giant monsters to talk about for sure all right anything you want to say to the fans before we head out for this week uh well since it's going to be our last for a while i hope everyone has a merry christmas happy hanukkah whatever you do happy your happy happy holidays out there and uh, a happy new year as well yeah enjoy the end of the year and enjoy this time that you might have off from school or off from work. Mm -hmm. All right. We will see you guys next time.